Are, we're live. I'm Lily. I'm Lorraine. And, and we're, we're caffeinated, caffeinated on the train. train. <laughs> oh my god. This podcast's already a hot mess. Already a hot mess. What a, coming in hot. And messy. <laughs> sloppy. Very sloppy. <laughs> um, it's almost 9pm 9, 9 and we're here recording. <laughs> Once again, we're here. What's going on? <laughs> All right. What did you do this last week? Uh, I wrote a paper about vibrators. <laughs> I, I did another patented Lorraine classic paper Lorraine. writing. Classic Lorraine paper writing weekend marathon. It wasn't even necessary this time. The deadline is in like two weeks. Just manically writing about vibrators. I mean, truly. 48 hours straight. Truly a Lorraine mood. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. It was, it was a delightful paper to write. Um, it was a delightful paper to write because it was 100% for fun. Mm. Um, there's, I'm not going to get a grade associated with it. Or I technically am, but the grade isn't going to count for anything. I don't need the credits. And because I know the person who's marking it quite well, I'm, I wrote it very much with her entertainment in mind. Ah. My sort of goal with writing this paper was to have fun and write something that would be fun to read. So I had a really positive paper writing experience in the past week. And I, I believe that, and that's the spirit in which you're writing, like, the product, how would the product not be good? Yeah, yeah. You know? I think you can feel the joy in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pure joy. Pure joy. about vibrators. Truly. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe, maybe the paper will be eligible for more than just your friend entertainment like maybe you'll be able to take it somewhere yeah take it on tour take it on tour (laughs) yeah you know i think i think that's not impossible um i just today got offered actually this is um not unrelated to one of the things we're going to talk about um i got offered a opportunity to basically like write a post for a blog slash online journal Mm. that is Hosted by the conference network I work for. Amazing. Yeah. That's super cool. And they, they said I can write about anything. And I said, you're opening Pandora's box yeah. there. <laughs> Do they know? <laughs> I mean, I think they should know. They should know by now. This is the conference network that I got into with my Victorian porn paper. Like, they should see this coming. I can't help it. If this article ends up being just my vibrator paper, they should have seen it coming. Who would you put in the acknowledgments of the vibrator paper? Who would I put in the acknowledgments? Um, you, obviously. And that's, all... That's maybe the best, that's the highest of my achievement of my academic career. And all the loyal listener of Catholic <laughs> on the train. That's right, you guys. Time for our Patreon. Get, get an acknowledgement in Lorraine's paper on Victorian vibrators. Yes. Yes. That's what the people that's want. That's a good Patreon. Actually. That's going to be like the highest level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's like the thousand euros. That's the thousand euros. You're bankrolling Lorraine's exploration of vibrators in the Victorian era. Yes. And that's the aim. That's the real goal. A very in-depth exploration. I was showing Lily... Well, yeah, well played. Thank you. I was showing Lily diagrams of the vibrator. It's huge. 
It's, yeah, it's a, it's a prostate vibrator, no? It's it's a multi-purpose vibrator. Okay, See, like, all right, that's great. Well, yeah, fill me in. Yeah, well, you can't you can't get a piece of machinery this big and then vibrate only one part of the body. Very true. Very, so it's very actually true. it's basically just like a giant motor. <laughs> is it loud? Like, <laughs> is it fucking loud as hell? <laughs> I can only assume. <laughs> it's not subtle at all. <laughs> Well, you've got someone else applying it. And someone else is operating it. Subtlety is out the window. Yeah, Um, true. And it has various vibrating attachments that you can put on the motors. So, you know, there's like a rubber ball and then there's something that's called a brush, which I think is basically like, like, you know, those things made of of silicone for like cleaning your skin that have Mm -hmm. like little bumps on them. Yeah. I think it's basically that. Okay. And then there's a rectal probe. The rectal probe. Yeah, that's what she specifically showed me a photo of. Yes. Di- it was a diagram. It was actually. a diagram. Like it was a didactic, a yeah, didactic tool. Yeah, showing how to use your Chattanooga vibrator. Your Chattanooga vibrator. TM, Chattanooga vibrator. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. It's a patented, patented uh, machinery right there. TM1904. Yeah, good good stuff. The world needs to know. You're, the world doesn't the world needs really to know. This is what the paper was really about. The world needs to know. It wasn't just women who were using these. These vibrators. They are they crossed the gender lines. They did. They yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it wasn't I, I'm guessing you could even go so far as to say it was men, not women, just using these on men. Using the prost, prostate the, the anal probe. What is it called? <laughs> Rect- Rectal. Sorry. Yes. The, the rectal vibrato. Oh my god! <laughs> Come on, that was <laughs> that. Was, there's only a matter of time before <laughs> uh, that was gonna. <laughs> You're gonna have to use that somewhere in your. Some, some make it work, Lorraine. Make it work. That's your challenge. There's still time for me to change there's the title time. of the paper. Yeah. The, the title of the paper is going to be the Versal Rectal Game. <laughs> it's too bad that Mahler is not going to read this. That, we don't know that. That's true. <laughs> Maybe that'll be the name of my blog post. Yeah, yeah, that's great. It's excellent. And you know, he'll get like a, a Google notification for that or something, you know? Like someone said Versal Rectal. <laughs> I'm sure someone notifies him. Someone must. Anytime anyone's used any. That's what his faculty assistant does. Yeah. <laughs> Literally just like uh, sits on notes. Google all day. Yeah. <laughs> Squints at notes. Um, <laughs> Professor Mahler, I have this just in. <laughs> yeah, that's what he's, he groomed us for. Yes. Just precisely for that. That's what this was. This was that whole class was all about it's, this moment. It's all been leading up to this. Everyone else in the class was just actors. Yeah. They, weren't, <laughs> they weren't even students. Yeah. I think possibly all of FU is actors. Are just actors, just there to groom us. To lead us to this moment. This moment. The ramps leading us briefly astray. <laughs> Spiral staircases. Man. This, this episode's out of control. It's already out of control. It's already out of control. It's been more than five minutes. I mean... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, remember when I said we should watch the clock? Yeah. Before we record this? Before we started recording, we were considering the notion of, of not having the what we did this week section because the whole topic of this episode is going to be what we did on our summer vacations. And Lily suggested that we could we could watch the clock and have only five minutes dedicated to what, what we, did we did this week. week. And, and Lorraine lost it. She thought that was hilarious and like 
Fair, fair enough. <laughs> Who am I kidding? Honestly, we we have proven. <laughs> we have proven once again. We cannot be trusted. Cannot be trusted. What did you time. do? What did you do? What did I do this last week? Um, I applied for a couple of jobs at the uni. Those were, I guess, would be the most relevant um, things that I was up to this week, and <clears throat> it was interesting because um, my professor from my surveillance class, like. Once again, like, took time out of her busy life. She, did you know she also teaches? I mean, semester break, but still. She teaches half-time in Munich. She goes back wow. and forth every week teaching. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's really intense. So, really busy woman. Um, and, and I doubt that she's just not busy because it's a semester break. No. <laughs> she's probably really busy doing other things. But she emailed me being like, I hope that you apply for this job. Oh. And the funny thing was I, was, I was really debating whether I was going to apply for it. I was like, maybe I'll let this one slide. And then she got that email. So what did I do? But I applied for that job. So I applied for a couple uh, student assistant job into the department and the JFKI. And also, and it was cute because she was like, that way we can work together. Oh, so sweet. Um, and then the other one was to be a research assistant of a different professor in the department who I don't know. But then she's also going to open up um, a third. Oh, maybe I don't think this matters. Another, another She's gonna. She's looking for another research assistant in the fall. She told me insider inside scoop. Oh, um, whoa! Yeah, <laughs> the fourteen so, people who listen. Yeah, they're gonna, gonna be... rush to this job application. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah if there's an influx of people lining up the door. I'll know why. Yes. <laughs> Um, applying for this job. Wouldn't it be great, though, if all of the research assistants were coat listeners? Honestly, the university would be a much better place. Truly. If were the case. Truly. Um, so anyways, I applied for some jobs. We'll see. Problem is that I'm going to be gone for three weeks. Maybe they can do a Skype interview, though. Yeah. They, do you think that this is, they're capable at FU of you, Skype, a Skype interview? Yes. Okay. Yes. We're a prestigious university. A prestigious university. You know, a little bit, I would say less languid, too, with the JFKI, a bit less languid overall. So, so this has got that going for it. That's, I think that's, in terms of the capabilities of using basic computer skills, it's probably... Are you suggesting? <laughs> what are you suggesting? What are you suggesting? I don't, I don't know what you could Lorraine possibly... leaves me out again. Yeah, again. <laughs> This is actually, this is going to be the Patreon special where yeah. Lily is bleeped out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only am I cut out in the sound, I just bleeped every time we're talking. It's just extensive bleeping. Bleeps, yeah. Interspersed with Lorraine. Lorraine talking. Even worse. Yeah. What is Lorraine laughing about? Um, anyway, that's really it. I've, I've been really, um, I've just been working a lot. I personally, all my, all my term papers, as you may remember, dear listener, from the last episode, have been canceled. So I've been really reveling in actually not being engaged in university right now. <clears throat> um, it's important to me to have um, uh, boundaries anyway with school, with, with any aspect of my life. So, yeah, I've just been out in the world freeballing it, if you will. What does that mean, really? <laughs> Don't answer that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to answer that. Okay. okay. <laughs> um, anyway, so <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I've just been living life, and everything's everything's going well. 
See, so I like this. Man. I feel like between the two of us, we have balance because you have yeah. no term papers and I have nothing but term papers. We have a lot of term papers. So between the two of us, we're like normal levels. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I found out the other day that you need to have finished two modules to register for your master's mm. thesis, which means I'm getting cracking on that Australia paper. But have you ever needed a motive to write it? That's, that is the motive. That rule of some sort of um, paper writing down. <laughs> it's to prevent people from doing exactly what I'm doing, which yeah. is signing up for your thesis before you've done anything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to write my thesis now. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I have ideas for all my papers. Yeah, classic. I've, I've read at least one secondary source for all of them. That's how many, this is probably already a lot of secondary sources. Can you somehow play a game where you try to make your secondary sources overlap? Yes. The game of like roulette where you ha- you have to challenge to like use a really unrelated secondary source. I love doing that. I, I have to find you like a really ridiculous secondary source. Yeah. This is definitely just going to be the one about what Wyndham Lewis and Walt Whitman's penis. Oh my god, that definitely belongs in my Australia museum. Pen- yeah. Paper. <laughs> yeah, you have to make it work. You have to. Okay. Okay. Include a quotation. I'm serious. Try to see if you can do it. Okay. But and only then, if you do the same thing next yeah. time you're writing a term paper. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to send you a paper about Victorian porn. I will make it. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. This is, this is quality academia. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is how those, like, citation cartels work. Yeah. You know about those, right? Where, like, a bunch no. of people... Basically, a bunch of people, like, say wow. that they'll cite each other's papers. It's like the academia mafia. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, hey, Lily, I'll cite one of your papers in my paper if you cite one of my papers in your paper. And then, like, both of us get more citations. Mm-hmm. But, like, if we were writing about, if I was writing about Victorian porn and you were writing about fascism. The two go easily hand in hand. Yeah, actually, that wasn't a great example. No. <laughs> but One thing led right to the other. True. Yeah. Sometimes one thing leads to another. And, and in this case, it's Victorian porn and modernism and fascism it's it's funny because it's true it's a hop skip and a jump away not even it's like a hop and a skip and then like falling flat on their face yeah flat on your face (laughs) yeah (laughs) yikes it was degradation i would say it was downgrade it was a spiral you would even say it's just a a short spiral from from one to the next yeah yeah what is fascism but Victorian porn? Honestly, actually. <laughs> is this okay? Are we okay? No. <laughs> Did anybody think we were okay, really? No one has thought no that. No one's thought. Those two, they're okay. Never. They're fine. They're fine. Like that time when we recorded a whole podcast episode, but we didn't actually press the button. <laughs> so anyway, let's um, let's get to the... The meat of this podcast, which is, yes, what we have been doing on our summer vacations. Um, we both have, have had excursions involving uh, travel. Mm-hmm. International um, travel. International travel. I went to Cambridge to deliver um, a presentation on uh, capitalist temporalities in Dubliners. And Lorraine went to not one, but two summer schools. Mm. On two different sides of, of Europe. Yes. Pretty amazing. Lorraine is a jet setter. If you may recall, she also went to Korea to meet the president. Yeah. <laughs> and the not so distant past. Um, <laughs> yeah, gosh, remember when that happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I came back and went to Prague. 
Yeah, look at her go. I'm so cosmopolitan. woman, Korea woman over here. That's me. Um, yeah, so we wanted to enlighten you about some of the experiences that we have, we've had. I'm a bit um, underprepared, I would say. Um, <laughs> I, I wouldn't say that. I would say that I'm a bit over-prepared. overprepared. But again, it's like we're balancing each other out because... When, like with the term papers, it's, it's exactly the same, really. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be... <laughs> using my favorite term, I'm going to be f***ing. Thank God they can't see me. <laughs> Lorraine, close your eyes. <laughs> Lorraine, don't look. <laughs> bleep, bleep. <laughs> me discussing Cambridge. <laughs> Yeah, classic free ball in the <laughs> The old Cambridge free ball. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, so I went to Cambridge. I guess it's been, it's almost a month ago, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, I went to Cambridge, delivered this um, paper presentation. And I'll say it was my first conference, and I really didn't know what to expect um, going into it. And it was a it was a learning curve. It was it was both really good. Um, the it was a good energy. Like I had been nervous. I had a bad experience. You may also recall if anyone's following us closely. Our we're in episode eight. One of the early episodes I talked about when I gave this modernism presentation, mm-hmm. I believe. And um, so I was a little. I don't normally dislike public speaking, but I was a little bit nervous um, after having this like weird presentation experience um previously in the last term or two terms ago um in the infamous minor modern yeah the the vibe was just weird in that class but i was yeah i left it feeling a bit unsettled it was an unsettling class (laughs) yeah that's a good that's a good word uh to describe um but this, I was, first of all, my impression was, like, it's really nothing to be afraid of. It's also, um, I learned that it was, like, an average-sized conference, but it was smaller than I had. Um, I didn't really have, like, a specific expectation, but I would say smaller than maybe what I was kind of mentally preparing myself for, like, speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. And generally, yeah, the energy is professional, but, like, pretty... Um, <clears throat> down to earth I would say overall like you know there's nothing I, there's no nothing to feel afraid of there's the stakes are not like so high any in any way and overall I, I would say like my paper presentation was like pretty good um in terms of the whole thing and like I think it really helps to there's a balance I think that you want to strike between um like I think it's in the early stages. Maybe when one day you're like really good at presenting in front of people and you don't need to read what you're saying. But I think it's good to have something that you're reading off of because it keeps your speech strong and you're not injecting your speech with like a lot of ums or pauses or or waffling. Yeah. So I would recommend doing that. However, simply just reading your paper without editing it and tailoring it to the presentation is also not the best move because a lot of people did do that as well and <coughs> I don't know um it's a bit dry like it's a, it's not it's not so nice I think it's nice to have a visual represent something on the on the on the powerpoint and to 
edit your paper so that it like fits well into the time frame because mm-hmm. even like a seasoned professor gave a presentation but he spent the whole time like making the lead up to like and he never even got really to like the implication of like why this matters mm-hmm. and I thought that was also like could be done better so that was the first thing I would say um, in terms of kind of the technicalities of how to prepare because again I, I didn't really know what I was getting myself into going but I think that that was good advice, and Lorraine helped me with that for sure. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. It's it's just the truth. Um, and then networking wise, um, I had mixed experiences. I I believe in being honest. Um, I had mixed experiences. I would say one thing is like you can't really judge by what university people come from, for example, or even like research that people are doing necessarily like how you're particularly like how you particularly will jive with individuals that you're meeting Mm -hmm. and everyone has different values but I think it's maybe important to be clear about like what your values are as a professional and academic and also just as a person when it comes to networking with strangers essentially Mm -hmm. um and like what things are important to you and um because yeah I had I had some I dealt with some people that were like quite pretentious. I, I was interested in their research and I was interested in the universities that they were coming from, but the actual uh, in-person interactions I had with these people were negative. They were uh, very, yeah, just very uh, pretentious and, and judgmental and not really interested in, I think, in creating dialogue or connections with others. Um, and I noticed that these people actually even left after they gave their presentation, which to me is like the equivalent of like going to an open mic and doing your thing and then leaving immediately afterwards. It's literally it's the same thing. That's exactly an open mic and a conference are just the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for it's anyone who's preparing. It's just an open mic for, for professors. Yeah, <laughs> that's so true. And that's actually, that's the one takeaway is like anyone who's never gone to a conference and wonder what to expect. It's just that, honestly. Mm-hmm. It really is it's just an open mic. I'm going to quote you on that. That's a good. That's, we have to put that on, on the Instagram. Yes. Commerce is just an open mic for professors. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and soon, soon to be purchasable merchandise. Yeah, 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 yeah. T-shirts, bandanas, <laughs> banners, <laughs> banners, flags, just yeah. <laughs> bumper stickers. Definitely. Um, we just start putting them on the BBK <laughs> <laughs> trains. <laughs> Can, Can we? we do that? Can <laughs> Why not, right? Yeah. What are they gonna do? Just we just have to we we we're one step ahead of them. We've already cut out all the security cameras. <laughs> like <laughs> there's like graffiti on BBG. Yeah, trains, yeah, yeah. Who's so, gonna stop us? Yeah. Clever, clever material. What are they gonna do? Um. So, but then at the same time, initially when I was reading the conference program, I was a little intimidated to know there was. <clears throat> Also, people coming from like very prestigious universities, and I, I, you know, I shouldn't make assumptions about this, but I think that's actually another takeaway. Is like, um, yeah, you, you don't know. It's it, and and for me as the person that I am and the values that I have, I'm really against pretense, and I really believe in being down to earth and having authentic interactions. So, like for me, I know that's important to me. Aside from even anyone's particular research interests or what school they come from or what kind of accolades that they have, I know that for me, what I learned from this is to like stick with that as being my kind of um, mo for for engaging in networking. Because networking is itself like kind of a can be can be like a bit uncomfortable or like a bit difficult to navigate. And I think. Um, for me, maintaining authenticity is a value that's important in these kind of settings. Um, is the academic that I want to be, and I want to be forging like 
uh, genuine connections with people over maybe that they are having like performativity or posturing over certain what schools people go to or like what research that they're doing like um and I, I think you should give yourselves permission to do that yourself there's just just one it's just Lorraine listening you know I'm gonna be listening to this podcast because you're editing it right um <laughs> you Lily you yeah give yourself me? permission who me um, you. yeah <laughs> but just to yeah I mean so I think a big thing too going in was like because it was my first time like not feeling like I need to prove anything or force anything but just to be yourself and be authentic and then um, expect that from the people the colleagues that you're interacting with and <clears throat> don't feel as I felt initially when I had these negative interactions it was sort of alienating or like I felt maybe like I did something wrong or like I needed to like prove something to them or like need to somehow like save face or something no like Um, I wouldn't let any of these kind of like external things get in the way of just being authentic with what you're doing and, and, you know, hopefully you're doing what you're doing because you are authentic in your, your aims anyway. And, and yeah, I think that's my main thing, but, but it's nothing to be intimidated about and I wouldn't let anyone intimidate you in these settings and it's all learning experience and ideally you are forming genuine connections with people, um, and to keep those as like the main goals rather than, I don't know, getting lost in any other superfluous and you're probably going to do pretty well you're probably going to do better than you think presenting yes you know <coughs> I got a peanut stuck in my throat oh no that when I was free balling <laughs> got a peanut stuck in my throat um you know so I guess that that's my main takeaway I don't know how articulate that was but I think it was quite articulate and I think one of the delightful things about living in Europe is that you can have the opportunity to go to these conferences without it being a prohibitively expensive endeavor. Because Very I think that, that was something that, um, I think that's something that can contribute to a sense of nervousness around mm-hmm. these. It's like I, I sunk so much money into this. I had to pay for tickets. I had to pay for travel. I had to pay the conference registration fee. Um, when it becomes really prohibitively expensive, you go in with all this stress and expectation. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, of course... It's there's always travel expenses and the conference fee is the conference fee, but to be able to make this kind of trip on a student budget, I think yeah. that that relieves some of that stress. Very very true, and um, yeah, because it, there's there are many aspects that that are coming up. I think of just like the unknowns and the buildup, and I think that it can be kind of scary or intimidating or make you feel shake your confidence a bit because you, yeah you're spending all this money and you're like waiting for this thing to come and like it's at the school and you're meeting a bunch of new strangers mm-hmm. but yeah I would say just really nice bit cliche maybe but yeah just be yourself and be aware of what ma- really matters to you mm. and, and be confident yeah in and like lead with those things don't be know. yourself if yourself is terrified yeah then pretend to be someone else Batman because who you are is not yeah it's not I mean you better than that right yes. now <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on pull yourself together <laughs> really just slap, <laughs> slap yourself this is, this is me in the bathroom with the car <laughs> <laughs> Wyndham Lewis. <laughs> yeah, someone the, the door wasn't shut all the way, and someone overheard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm splashing water on my face. <laughs> Pull yourself together. <laughs> I'm literally wearing a Batman costume <laughs> underneath my clothes. <laughs> so yeah, definitely encourage trying it, trying it out. Just trying going. Um, I think the other benefit was that like this this paper that I was doing wasn't actually necessarily a paper that I was like extremely passionate about. What? The <laughs> Dubliners, Jane Joyce. I just really yeah. I'm floored. 
hard. I yeah. thought that was your great passion in life. Yeah. The world's leading expert on James Charles Dubliners. Sorry, yeah. you're not. That's a sentence. That's like a death sentence. That's, I don't want to be there. There is someone who's that, I assume. Some, like, old man somewhere. Is he still alive? Yeah, if he's the world's leadest, leading... I don't know. Living expert. Well, I didn't say living. No one, no one here says living. Oh, okay, okay. Awkward. Yeah, I mean that's It's awkward because the, the leading expert on your subject died. <laughs> and we, st- have, we haven't gotten into that one yet. We haven't really hashed that out, Lorraine. I had nothing to do with it. Bleep. You did what, Lorraine? So the stakes were, were lower. And I think that was actually kind of nice... <clears throat> For my first conference to have, to be doing it on something that I wasn't like super attached to. So it really Mm -hmm. was just kind of like a learning experience of of trying this out, seeing Mm -hmm. what it's like. So now I have one under my belt and I know, oh my God, it's peanut. For the next one, I will have like already gone through the jitters of the first time. Absolutely. And also good that for this one, it was a paper that you'd already written and gotten feedback on and that you already knew was solid. That's a really good point as well. Because there's like a whole other thing where you you like, where you do the Lorraine thing and you submit an abstract and then you get accepted and then you have to write the paper. You're like personally offended that they, how dare. (laughs) But you mean they can't just go and then read the abstract. Yeah. (laughs) Like this abstract, isn't it pretty? (laughs) (laughs) Lorraine mood all the time. (laughs) But you can also be Lorraine writing her abstract on the intercontinental flight between Korea and Prague. (laughs) on Victorian porn in the in the seat did, did you actually do this and were there people around you well I had I had already written the abstract long before so I was writing the paper on the was plane. it Chattanooga what is it called the Chattanooga, Chattanooga vibrator was that just like was that pulled up on your on your screen while you were while you're on the tr- the, the plane the oh, train yes. I did not yet know about the Chattanooga vibrator at the time I was meeting the Korean no president I couldn't even tell him about it. <laughs> you asked him to autograph your time of the Chattanooga vibrator. <laughs> On brand. <laughs> I'm sure he would have done it. He seems like a chill guy. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> sure. Like, this is the weirdest thing I've ever had to sign. <laughs> <laughs> At least she's not having me sign a real one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So anyway, <laughs> well, congratulations, Lolly. Thank you. Thank trip you. Trip to Cambridge. Thank you. Thank you. It I'm, was a, it was a good time. I'm really glad that you had a positive experience. I would have felt really bad if you'd. Had yeah, if you one. like really pushed me into this, and I was like traumatized from yeah. conferences. Yeah, I would feel really, really bad. So <laughs> <laughs> the accountability has <laughs> been removed. Yes, brushed right off your brow. Yes. So anyway, Lorraine, this is really what we've all been waiting for. Tell us about these summer schools that you went to. Oh boy. <laughs> She's got notes, guys. They're impeccably neat notes. For the first time in the history of caffeinated and on a train, someone brought notes. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All eight episodes, man. This is the first time. Yeah. And, like, very extensive notes. I had, So I went to two summer schools. I went to the New Faces Intensive Program, program with a second M and an E. It makes a big difference, doesn't yeah. it? In Porto, Portugal. And then I went to the Graz International Summer School at Segal, a.k.a. Guseg. Guseg, of course. Yes. Graz University Segal. That's great. Someone had to explain that to me. I didn't, no, no, no. I didn't understand the acronym until this year. Um, 
And that one was just outside of Graz in Austria. And I have divided my analyses of these two summer schools into uh, four different sections and then one exciting coda about the term papers I wrote. I've already told you about the term paper I wrote for the psych That is true. That's the vibrator one. Um, First of all, can you give us a little bit of a brief intro of summer schools and like how you find out about them and like what just uh, yeah because I didn't really think about going to summer schools before I met you yeah I feel like summer schools are one of those things I had never really heard about them back in North America yeah maybe they're not so much a thing maybe they are maybe Mm -hmm. I just hadn't heard about them I the only time I actually I've heard about them was at Cornell that there was one being offered in Italy or something and I didn't really understand like what so I do agree with you I think that they are more I feel like a portion of the premise of a summer school is that it's in an exotic locale. In like a beautiful romantic city. Exactly. And so that's just like easier to do in Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, the goose egg is in a literal ivory tower. It's a castle on a hill. That's perfect. Made yeah. of white stone. <laughs> with like... It's amazing. Yeah. Oh it's, my gosh. it's pretty glorious. And then the Porto one is oh. on the ocean. It's lovely. Did you drink Porto? I did. Much. I drank yeah. much Porto. Nice. I went to a Porto tasting with um, Lizzie and Elif and Hannah. Mm. It was delightful. But oh, I'm getting ahead of anyway, myself. I know. <laughs> um... The goose egg one I heard about actually when I was living in Bamberg, um, mm, the okay. winter before last, I had gone to a guest lecture that was being given by, it transpired, the person who ran the summer school. And mm. she was like giving this lecture. Okay, cool. she, it, the <clears throat> topic of the lecture was age studies, critical age studies, which is not a topic I'm actually that interested in, but... I needed to do something intellectually stimulating. Um, and she was, like, advertising her summer school, kind of the way that we advertise our podcast. <laughs> wow. She, that says something. That she says really something. something. Yes. Shout out to Roberta. She's not going to listen to this. You're going to trash your summer school. Yeah, one, yeah, one day we're going to get too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, that's coming. <laughs> it's soon going to happen. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I applied to that kind of on a whim. I got in, got, had such a great experience last year, and so this is my second year going back. Mm. The uh, Porto one, mm. the New Faces program, um, was mentioned by Andreas Mahler in one of our evening modernism mm. classes, which explains why many people did not notice. Yeah, <laughs> what, right over my head. God knows, God knows what I was doing. <laughs> it could have been anything. It really could have been anything. <laughs> I, I would not fault anyone for not paying attention, but if you pay attention... You got to go to Porto. You, so. you get an all-expenses-paid trip you to Porto. You just never know. That's amazing. I didn't know it was all-expenses-paid. Well, it wasn't all-expenses-paid. <laughs> but but was. it Enough expenses. Then. It was it was most expenses paid. I had to buy my own Porto and much of my wow, own food. But the flights and stuff. Flight. Whoa, really? We got a stipend for flights. Whoa, that's actually really amazing. Mm-hmm. And our accommodation with breakfast included. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So again, like part of the premise of the summer school is you go to an exotic locale, preferably with some form of all expenses paid. That's sick. 
Yeah. Heard that? Yeah, I heard that this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, the uh, Guseg has a tuition fee, but there's like yeah, scholarships, scholarships and stuff on stuff. order. Um, and the new faces was paid by the EU. Fun fact. That's mm. where our European Union tax euros are going. Yeah, all of our tax money that Lorraine and I are paying. <laughs> <laughs> So, I feel I've already spoken a little bit about the venue in general. This is the first. The first of my four key points is the venue. Yeah, which matters in my in my opinion. Yes, and I don't I don't just mean the city versus, or I don't mean the city of Porto versus the outside of Graz space, but very specifically. The New Faces program, we were in a hotel, uh, and we were about a 15-minute walk away from the university campus, and the seminars and lectures and things took place on the university campus. Whereas at Gusseg, we were in a castle on a hill, (laughs) and we slept in the castle, and we ate in the castle, and we had all our lectures and seminars in the castle, and you kind of never left. The castle. The castle. Wow. The schloss. Wow. Um, And being in the city in Porto gave us opportunities to explore and get a bit of the local culture, which I felt was really not there in the the Graz one, although we did... They locked you in an ivory tower. Yes. (laughs) Yes. You weren't actually not allowed to leave. You're not... (laughs) I mean, where would you have gone? (laughs) You can go down the hill to the village and then... Then what? Then what? <laughs> um, I don't know. Because Graz itself was like an hour away. Wow. Or like okay. 45 minutes. Um, I'm going to remember this, this uh, venue. Yeah. In case we ever need to. You we could d- leave, but where will you go? <laughs> <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Are you listening, Kevin? Bleep <laughs> that out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the upshot of that was that being inside the city gave us more of an opportunity to explore, but it also meant that there wasn't as much bonding. Mm. I don't feel I got to know the people from other universities as much because people would sort of disperse after right. the seminar. Whereas if you're all locked in the castle together, where will you go? <laughs> you better you, make you, friends now. Exactly. Um, and that intense bonding experience at Guseg also leads into my second point, which is the schedule. Um, the level of intensity at Guseg was much, much stronger than the level of intensity at the New Faces Intensive Program. At, at Guseg, um, there were lectures starting at 9 a.m., until noon. Okay. So there would there would typically be two lectures and then kind of like a question forum. Okay. And then there was lunch. And then there was a workshop from I guess one one thirty until three. And what would you do in a workshop? Uh those they were actually optional. Okay. I was in a creative writing workshop. Okay. And then there were academic writing workshops and public speaking workshops, which I did last year. Um, And so the purpose of these was to sort of develop transferable academic and academic adjacent skills. That's cool. Yeah, it was really delightful. Being in the creative writing one, so Mm -hmm. much fun. 
Yeah, that's really nice. There's something about being locked in the castle that really gets people's it's poetic juices. juices. Yeah. Yeah, we actually, we have a blog now. Oh. It's called The Golden Goose Egg. Of course. Yes, you can read our poetry. Yeah, you need to have at least one pun from this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and then from three until six would be our seminar. Mm-hmm. This was like the meat of the day. And then there was dinner. And then from maybe 7.30 or 8 until 9 or 9.30 would typically be some sort of evening event. So one night was a poetry reading. Um, some nights were additional lectures or roundtables or student presentations about the countries from which we come. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So the upshot of that is that this is a 12-hour day, basically. And it's a two-week-long summer school? Yep. Okay. Yes. Um, the schedule at New Faces was that there was a seminar from 9 to 12 on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. On Tuesday, there were additional afternoon lectures. And then after noon on Wednesday and Thursday there was time for us to prepare presentations. Okay. And then on Friday, both of these were two-week programs. On each of the Fridays, there were student presentations at New Faces. So that means that our typical day was more like four hours. (laughs) I just, you know, I think a lot of people at Goose Egg find, find and found the schedule very overwhelming. Yeah, I could see it getting intense after several days. It's pr- it's pretty intense, and I think one of the things that I learned this year was to really budget my energy mm. going in. I have to think about like, am I going to to be really like socially engaged, or am I going to reserve some of that emotional energy for being intellectually engaged? Can I maybe like chill out a little during this lecture and just kind of take it in? Or do I always need to be sort of on my top game critical thinking? Yeah. And I think learning how to manage really my energy, true. that was really important. And I think I would go into it and then like way over myself the first few days and then be like, I have to stay home and sleep. Right exactly. Now. Yeah. And like miss something. Yeah. yeah. And you, you can't, you're not allowed to not oh. go to any of this. You're, so you're trapped in the castle and you have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's pretty intense. Even the night things. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. You have to go. There were a couple of things that were optional, like karaoke night. Okay. <laughs> 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 Which I didn't go to for precisely this reason. Yeah. Cause, but you better be going to that poetry reading and you better be going to the country You're actually strapped to the seats. You're, I guess, <laughs> yes. There are medieval torture devices. There probably are. There probably were in a medieval premise. castle. Yeah. 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 At, at least, like, early modern torture devices. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's, that's the schedule situation. Um... Yes. Uh, well, I was wondering, I mean, maybe this will come up. I don't want to steal your thunder, but I was wondering, like, how are these assessed? Because, like, are, do these count or, like, do you get credits for them at your home university or, like, uh, yeah, like, and, and I've been a little bit confused about some of the things that you've mentioned in passing about, like, papers you have to write and credits that you're, and I'm wondering, how does this work? Like, can you just do this and then it's just, like, an enriching or do you get credit for it and you? Well, it's up to you. Okay. Um, I, 
I believe goose egg always counts for six ECTS. Okay. Um, whereas new faces, because it's a partnership between a specific group of universities, I think the way it shakes out at different universities okay. is a little different. Um, at FU, uh, you can either take it for five ECTS and have it count as a tutorial within your okay. module, or you can take it for 10 ECTS and you write a longer term paper and it counts as a seminar within your module, well, okay. which is what I'm doing. Um, but I, certainly for Gusig, there were plenty of people who are not going to write seminar papers for it and are just taking it for fun. Right, okay. Which I think is also a valid choice. And if I didn't enjoy writing papers as much as I do, that's yeah. what I would do. And you can make this decision after. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think you're sort of supposed to have your idea in place of like whether you're going to get credit for it or not, but I don't think you're beholden to it in any way. And then, so if you were doing it for a goose egg, like at our university, who, who's grading the paper and who's grading in a goose egg and like how does this shake out? You would... Um, have, have your professor from Goose Egg okay. grade it, and then they send some kind of form to FU saying, like, hey, we're a university, we've given this person this many credits for this paper. Mm. We, we, we confirm that this is transferable. Okay. Uh, cool. be, through the magic of ECTS. Cool. Now, as a matter of fact, I'm not going to do that because my paper is not... I'm not using it for any ECTS points. I'm just writing it. Because why wouldn't I write a paper about Victorian vibrators? Yeah, if you were given the option. Yeah, why would I ever make the Turn that choice down. Truly. Yeah, you got to get those thoughts down on paper, you know? I know. Otherwise, they'll haunt me. Yeah. I'll be up all night. The Chattanooga vibrator. The Chattanooga vibrator. Got horribly wrong. Man, you know... Is how what are the safety standards on that thing? I feel like it could go horribly wrong. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> the rectal probe, <laughs> the live wire, <laughs> you screw into your light bulb. Yeah, it's fine. This is fine. This is fine. This is how electricity works. Yeah. What could possibly go wrong? Not a thing. From the people who brought you electric shock therapy. <laughs> comes the Chattanooga vibrator. I wonder if that was you know. I wonder if one time they like accidentally shocked someone You're with like, the vibrator. Oh, this is cool too. Yeah, that works great. Sure. This is way easier. <laughs> yeah, than the contraption. <laughs> the motor. What if we took off the motor and just put the wires straight, straight onto on the, the patient? patient? Yeah. Disclaimer: yeah. I don't think this is historical fact <laughs> coming from us <laughs> i know it's hard podcast. to believe we share historical facts sometimes sometimes the, the real the real fun is trying to guess which things are historical facts and which are just uh editorializing <laughs> by lorraine and lily tm bombardiering yeah. i believe it's <laughs> you might one might say one might say in certain circles <laughs> you might <laughs> one might suggest that we are blasting and bombardiering <laughs> Try to prove us wrong. You can't. Change can't my you mind. can't even answer us. That's right. Yeah. You're forced to listen. Listen to us. <laughs> it's brilliant. Anyway, so so I made it through the first two of my points. All right, all right, not bad. Um, the next thing I want to talk about is that the actual academic content. Okay. Um, and you may have gotten the sense already that I've been typically more impressed with Gusey than with yeah. New Faces. I I did get that impression indeed. I mean, I, I'm very glad that I went to New Faces. And the main reason that I'm glad I went was because I was impressed with the seminars mm. that I took there. It was two 
one week seminars as opposed to at GoSeg was one two week seminar. Um, and both of the two one week seminars I took at New Faces were fantastic. Mm. Um, both of them were by, they were done by very charismatic, energetic professors cool. who were really engaged in making sure their students learned. Um, and they were both um, relevant to my academic interests and worldview without necessarily being about the content that I'm interested in. Mm. Because... Yeah, I understand that, actually. Yeah. The, the content was interesting, but it was the methodology that I was right. really there for. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Actually. Those were... Definitely the highlight and the, the hours that I spent in the classrooms and doing the readings for that for those and thinking about that, I have absolutely nothing bad to say. Cool. Um, Where were the professors were from that university? One professor was from uh, Seget in Hungary. Okay. And the other was from Ferrara in Italy, but actually he was English. Okay. Um, Interesting. So neither of them were from... Porto. Porto was just the hosting school. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I was not as impressed with the New Faces lectures. There were not as many of them. Guseg had so many lectures. Um, and yeah. so I think part of it is just, it was a smaller pool to draw on. Yeah. But I also felt that the, the perspectives of the lectures at new faces were a, a little kind of bizarrely monolithic. Okay. Um, the whole premise for this new faces intensive program is using Shakespeare to understand contemporary crisis, which frankly is a bit of an odd thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not against it. But it's a little bit odd. There's, yeah. Uh, and Shakespeare takes global warming, for example. Well, there, there was a lecture on Shakespearean eco-criticism. Okay. Uh, actually done by one of the students. Okay. And a huge shout out to her because she took the initiative to like basically go to the organizers and say, like, I think we should talk about global warming. And yeah, they were like, cool. okay. Cool, cool. So her is definitely the best of the presentations. Cool. All of the lectures by actual like professors were kind of about immigration. Okay. Ah, uh, yeah, we talked about this before. Yes, and it was it was just a little bit underwhelming in terms of how critically engaged these lectures were. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think, I think that you mentioned this to me before. Yes, and I'm not going to go into a huge detail. Yeah. Because God knows. <laughs> this, for the Patreon. For the Patreon, yes. Uh, for, I think, like a modest 50 euros a month, you can hear me explain this. Yeah. my specific concerns with the immigration lectures. And you think Shakespeare, too. I, I, it had no, my concerns had nothing to do with Shakespeare. I, I think that that was like barely relevant to the situation. I mean, what it actually was, was the, the seminars were about Shakespeare, and then in the lectures, it was just about contemporary crisis. Yeah, and um, yeah, that's why I'm, I'm, I'm trying to follow I think that, this as well. I right think now. that there is, there is a very 
useful way of using Shakespeare to understand contemporary issues because Shakespearean stories are so culturally ingrained. Yeah, yeah. I would say that the, the dynamics of the stories and the way they're set up are hugely applicable. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the structures, the narrative theory can be very, yeah, that's exactly. a very good point. And as, as cultural objects, as pieces yeah. of cultural knowledge, yeah. I mean, so many people understand what Romeo and Juliet means. Yeah, absolutely. I agree I, with this. I think that's that's the direction I would have gone in. Yeah, yeah, me too. But like, uh, I, I'm still, and maybe this is because of also my own background. Like, uh, okay, so. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like also like generally being quite concerned with contemporary crisis in, in my background. It's like a bizarre I, it just seems like a lot to dedicate an entire thing to. Like you could have maybe some interesting lectures on it, but like to dedicate a whole thing to it is like. To be clear, we did not solve contemporary crisis by using Shakespeare's. We we did not solve contemporary crisis at the summer school, shockingly. Yeah. <laughs> we also didn't at Goose Egg. Yeah, and not even that the, the aim needs to be to solve, but to. It just seems like a, to try to make this intersect like. Uh, it just seems like a little bit like sometimes I, I have this experience actually in a criticism in academia mm-hmm. and even towards people that I like, you know, thinkers that I love, like even sometimes just doing a Marxian analysis of something is just like, why? Like, I, I think it's important because it's, it, it, personally, it's my own academic philosophy. It's really easy to get caught in your own belly button or something and just be like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I think sometimes we need to ask, like, why are we doing this? Like, what is the benefit? And it doesn't always need to be because you could just, like, for fun be doing. But so it's like, to dedicate a whole summer school to a thing that's, like, why? Mm. And, and not even why in, like, a mean way, but, like, really genuinely always being scrutinizing yourself and being, like, what am I trying to do by combining these two things? Especially with thinkers. And we talked about something in the last episode, talking about Freud and psychology, talking about Shakespeare and literature, talking about Marx and sociology. Like, just, you know, it can be really easy to just keep doing the same thing. And it's just, yeah, I think we have to be critical of, like, what the aim is. Absolutely. And from, from my perspective as an academic hedonist, I would just assume only talk about Shakespeare. Yeah. Like, yeah. if that's what we want to do... I would rather just do that. Yeah. We don't need to, like, constantly... Try to solve... Yeah. Yeah. Try, yeah, yeah. We I don't need to constantly it. try to force our academic interests into solving a world issue that we're clearly not actually equipped to solve. Yeah. Because that's a big part of it, too, let's be honest. Yes. I, yeah, let's be fucking honest. Really? For of real. course we didn't solve contemporary crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Who would have thought we would? Surprise! Just all along, the summer school in Porto it's, has the key to all the world's problems. Truly. <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. Um, the lectures at Gusegg were fantastic. Cool. Great variety of sort of humanities-adjacent topics. Mm-hmm. Um, not... It, it was quite interdisciplinary within the humanities, not a whole lot reaching outside. Okay. Um... Yeah, that's, yeah. Which I feel is fairly standard. Yeah, yeah, that's a good word for it. Yeah, but there was a combination of sociology, uh, history. um, There was one natural scientist who came in and talked about global warming. Mm -hmm. uh, And she talked about Greta Thunberg, and it was delightful. Yeah, and then that same scientist in one of our evening mandatory fun events. Mm-hmm. Um, Man- I love it, mandatory fun events. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I 
when you're locked in the castle, you can leave, but where will you go? Exactly. Who <laughs> say? 2020. I think that's going to be their next motto. Pamphlet, yeah. yeah. Um, one of our mandatory fun events was a like climate change simulation game. Whoa. Where we all we all got <laughs> mandatory fun event was mandatory fun. Was a climate change simulation. <laughs> Doesn't that sound mandatory and fun? That's like the definition of a mandatory, mandatory fun. And fun. Um, we we all had to like role play as different nations trying to like meet <laughs> oh the goals God. of the Paris Accords. It was a great time. Oh she was fantastic. And uh, there's also shout out to the lecture that I heavily edited because the early version was very pretentious, which was about poetry. Good, that's important. That's you did your part there. I feel I like did. You left your mark. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and the seminar that I took at Guseg was also very intellectually stimulating, but. Perhaps not the most focused. Okay, nothing. Um, ha- yeah, yeah. It was. I feel like it had a little bit of our energy. I was gonna say it sounds like a Lorraine vibe right there. Yeah, very was- stimulating. Not necessarily extremely focused, <laughs> but I've never heard two clauses that <laughs> very stimulating but not very focused is yeah. like Lorraine and Kate. <laughs> Yeah, we're having fun. We're all having a good time here, you know? <laughs> we are. We would we would go into the class with some sort of stated aim and not we just were wouldn't. Were you playing get there. cranium this whole time? You were not playing cranium. We were not playing cranium. What is cranium? You know? <laughs> no. Um it we we had very intense discussions. Um, it was led by the leader of the summer school, the one who had come to Bomberg and lectured and got me hooked. Ah, uh, yes. Who, I I really enjoyed taking the seminar with her because I fundamentally disagree with her in many, you love, many ways. You do like that, yeah. I do yeah, love that. I like that. And because the, the classroom was small and also because we had already met last year, so she kind of knew me. Yeah. Um, she let me get away with like a lot of, of questioning. Okay. Which was great. Um, so the, the atmosphere of that seminar was fantastic. The content was, you know, fine. It, it wasn't what I was there for. But yeah, you're, you've always uh, added a lot of great contributions to classes. Your, mm-hmm. your points are always well taken. Thank you. That's what I yeah, you do. for. Yeah, you definitely do. Thank you. You're welcome. Aww. <laughs> um, and so my final... Oh, wait, no, I have one more point in this realm of sort of academic content, which was that both of these uh, summer schools had conference-type events associated with them, and I have a very funny anecdote about the New Faces one. Okay. Have I told you about... I don't know if you told me. Have I told you about my poster presentation with Lizzie? I know that you did one with Lizzie, but I don't know if you told me about, like, what it, what it was. Man, oh, man, Okay. <laughs> So this is like a whole anecdote. Yeah, yeah, let's hear it. Get, get your... Yeah, you getting my snacks ready. <laughs> so we got the instruction prior to the New Faces yeah. summer school that we were supposed to do poster presentations. And the, the instruction is so weird that I'm, I hope I can remember it correctly. We, have, we had to do poster presentations that... 
create a bridge between Shakespeare's world and a contemporary NGO operating in times of crisis. (laughs) Oh my god, what? (laughs) That sounds so funny. (laughs) Truly. It sounds really funny. Truly an exercise in lateral thinking. Yeah. It was was a, a baffling topic. Why? <laughs> and oh, and it was supposed to be an NGO that we had personal experience with. Which also, like, bold of you to assume that yeah. all of our students have personal experience. Yeah, how with many NGOs. NGOs? Then even if you had any, how many? Right? Like you have limited options. Operating in times of crisis that are also like somehow applicable to Shakespeare. And I have to say, for my money. I had a freaking brilliant take on this. Okay, so I have worked with exactly one NGO. Yeah, exactly. Right. (laughs) Like, what's the average? Like, 0.7? Yeah. Um, And the one NGO I've worked with was AIDS PEI back in Prince Edward Island. So AIDS PEI, now Peers Alliance, is a sex-positive harm reduction focused uh, NGO for supporting people living with bloodborne illnesses in Prince Edward Island and also very involved with the queer community in cool. PEI. Yeah, very, very cool organization. I was really happy to work there. I Fun fact, I got the job because my friend had had the job and she got a different job and she recommended me because I'm such a sex positive person. Amazing. That's such a great thing to be recommended for. No, I found that delightful. Um, So that's the only NGO I worked for. How, one may ask, does one connect this with Shakespeare? Let's hear it. One may rightly ask. Yes. Well, (laughs) We were all wondering. It so happened that one of the things that I was involved in when I was there was a poetry slam led by um, one of the the foremost queer poets of PEI, Candace Hagen, Mm. who's maybe she's going to listen to this. Maybe. Could be. Yeah. Um, and it's not too big a jump from a poetry slam to a play, right? No. That's no. starting to get Poetry close. slam, play. Basically the same. What yeah. is a Shakespeare play but a poetry, poetry slam? slam. <laughs> it is poetry. What is life but a poetry slam? What is life but a poetry <laughs> slam? Or a podcast episode. Honestly. <laughs> um, and so the premise that I came up with and roped Lizzie into, Lizzie was very helpful in making this into some sort of functional poster, was that this work that Candace and AIDS PEI was doing was a useful way of harnessing the cultural capital associated with artistic performances to do social good for marginalized people. Damn, girl. Right? Yeah. (laughs) Given the sheer wonkiness of the prompt, I feel like that was a pretty ingenious... Do you remember, I think I told you this story, that when I was in freshman year of high school, a friend of mine had the misfortune of being ill one day and asked me if I could catch her up on like what we did in, in our English class. And I told her, my 15 year old self, told her that she needed to write a comparative analysis of Animal Farm and Romeo and Juliet, (laughs) which, like, at this age, 
you'd be like, sure, challenge accepted. Yeah, true. But to this poor 15-year-old girl, um, I ruined her weekend. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there was, like, a call from her home. Like, <laughs> and, yeah, uh, that teacher didn't like me after that, Aww. to be honest. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that happened. She's a lawyer now, so... Probably because of this. Because of me, you know? That's the kind of, like, critical thinking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, performance under pressure. Yeah. This poor girl, she was... Yeah. I think she she wrote a paper, though. She did write a paper. I hope that the teacher at least gave her some sort of extra credit. Yes, I hope Or, like, took some points from me and gave to her. (laughs) Fair dues, anyway. I feel like I was harnessing a little bit of that That energy. energy. like, sure. In coming up with this. Yeah. Okay. So, like... Backtrack, because Lizzie and I did this essentially like the day it was due, as one does. Because this was a ridiculous prompt that none of us understood. And the whole time leading up to this, since we got the prompt, everyone from FU who was going to Porto had been kind of talking to each other, being like, do you understand this prompt? I don't understand this prompt. Do you know what we're supposed to be doing? I don't know what we're supposed to be doing. Um, Sort of like unsurely planning to just not do a poster. And so Lizzie and I, we, like, picked up the ball so that Efu doesn't look dumb in Porto. <laughs> we still have a poster. right? So on, on the due date, we put together a fairly, like, aesthetically pleasing poster. With, I'd love like, to see it. I would love to... I'll put it on our Instagram. Yeah, put it on our Instagram. Um, and, it's, you know, it has, like... There are potentially some conceptual flaws with our use of data and stuff, but this is a premise. It was in the day, you know, you you were, yeah. A classic Lorraine move. Yeah, Um, also. And and the premise, given the prompt, is, you know, functional. Yeah. So, we emailed the email chain of everyone in our group, being like, okay, guys, you don't have to worry. There's going to be an FU poster. We made one. Here it is. All good. And then... Someone wrote back and said, I don't think that's a very good poster. If anyone wants to come join me, I'll be making one, like, next Whoa. weekend. Oh, That's some drama. Shots fired. I know. That. Someone from FU? Yeah. What the fuck? I know. And, like, to be clear, we did this on the deadline, which means that, like, she had taken no initiative on this yeah, project. Yeah, the thing is that you, you were doing this and, like... Help me take one for the team. Exactly. Like, and then post hoc, she decided that she could do a better one and, like, got some of the other people in on it. And so, like, the whole time I was there, I was telling people that there was a schism in the FU. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, (laughs) And, like, intentionally dramatizing. As one does. Yeah. Lizzie was pretty exasperated with me. (laughs) She wanted no part of this drama. (laughs) I can totally see all this going down. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, so that's the story of the new faces. That's a good story. The the story of the conferences or conference like events at uh, Goose Egg are not nearly as hilarious. That one's a pretty great anecdote. Yeah, that's a pretty good anecdote. Um, but I will tell you that the Goose Egg con- there was a poster presentation at Goose Egg, which was fine. It was really nice. It was cool to see what other people were doing, but I have no special stuff associated with that. The, like, real highlight of that night was the science slam. Yeah, I knew it. Which is, it's just a poetry slam, but with your research. Uh, Just a second here. Um, I'm also wondering, like, roughly how many people were at these summer schools? Like, what what was the 
I think both had kind of in the realm of 80. Okay. 80 people. Just trying to see what we, what you were up against here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, continue. You decide slam. Um, I just really like the concept of a science slam. Like, what is it? What is a conference but a science slam? A, a science slam is just a conference with more energy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, like really? We should have only science slams. Honestly, like, I'd be down for that. That's, that's, we, the, new, that's the new way. I that's, think we should host an FU science slam. Yeah. Legitimately, I think it would be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I didn't know what it was until... I met you because I, I initially thought of like a science fair and I saw I imagine people like performing these experiments with like <laughs> oh my and light bulbs and I mean you could do yeah. that <laughs> but in this case my science was Victorian porn of course I had like scat that down to a science I do have it and an art my presentation was like giant Victorian porn on the board <laughs> and I like censored it out with black boxes which made it look much, much dirtier, I think. <laughs> I think that really, like, added. That sounds so good. I love that. I love a good bleep out, yeah, you know? Yeah. It's a good censor. I can post some of that on the Instagram, yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I censored, so Instagram yeah. can't take it down. Yeah. <laughs> As we say, it's like, it just makes it worse. Like, it makes it more dramatic. Exactly. It's like... <laughs> it's infinitely funnier when there's, like, a black yeah. box barely covering. And it makes it so that you're the one in your own head, your own filthy mind has to come up with what was in those bleeps. Right. Know? Exactly. So. Which is why, from now on, our podcast is going to be only bleeps. Yeah, just full of bleeps. <laughs> Amazing. I'm going to bleep it out every time one of us laughs. Yeah. <laughs> so it just sounds like... <laughs> What are they saying? <laughs> That's going to be one of the Patreon special. We parts. really should have more beliefs in our podcast, though. If if you don't mind uh, putting some beliefs in this podcast, I don't mind at all. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Okay, so that's all I had to say about the conferences. And that was that, great. That was great. Thank you. I just want to give like a brief comment about the students mm-hmm. at um, at New Faces. Because people came with people from their universities, I think people mostly stayed within their university groups. And I had the delightful time getting to know people from FU better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was really nice to explore Porto with people yes, from FU. It was really lovely. It was fantastic. I feel like I'm better friends with all the people I went with. Um, but again, Guseg wins out because... Every single conversation I had with someone, the whole time I was there, there was, like, none of that ambient, time-wasting small talk. You know? That's amazing. You, people got right into, you wow. know, you sit down with someone, and they're like, hi, what's your name? Nice to meet you. What's the situation like in your country with the protests and the feminism? And the, you're like, wow. Went straight, straight to the point. Exactly. Wow. Wow. It was really intellectually intense. Yeah, it sounds really intense. And I deeply appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, you do love that. I do love that. Wow. Interesting. So the upshot of what must now be like an hour and a half of me talking about Conferences. these two summer schools. Yes, I mean, sorry, summer schools. Yes, I really, I feel like I've really overshadowed your... Oh, I, so we knew, that, we knew that would be the so. I mean, I did fine. bring notes. We'll do we an episode notes. where you talk a lot soon. Okay, well, yeah, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> what will I choose to talk about? Anyway, I'll be thinking about it. I'm sure you will. Um, my conclusion, yes. which I've written down, is that the Goose Egg program's significantly higher level of intensity mm-hmm. and bonding 
created a more academically rigorous and therefore more rewarding environment. Mm. So what you're saying is being locked in a castle really set this this whole scene apart. What I'm saying is that it has always been my dream to be locked in a castle. <laughs> and that's it. You heard it here. You heard it here first. That's That was the, the entire summary of everything Lorraine said. Truly, did you need to listen to the podcast to know that? If someone was like, what's Lorraine's greatest dream in life? Yeah. Being locked in a castle, I feel like, would be in the top ten. If it was on, like, a multiple choice. Yeah. I mean, at least be stuck between that and, like, Exactly. Yeah. That's where you cut back in. Yeah. All right. That's everything I have to say. That's great. What have you been reading this week? What have I been reading this week? Um, I, well, I finished Another Country. It was very good. I have some questions. Really amazing, uh, again, how he was able to channel, like, um, these macro social, um, features of society and conflict into like the way individual characters and people might handle them i think that was a big takeaway um right now i'm reading the old man in the sea i never read that actually i i almost i'm afraid to say this on record but i i really do love hemingway i i really do love hemingway um and yeah i haven't read that one it's one of the only ones i've never read by him and i'm about to start um elena ferrante my brilliant friend i don't know if you heard this is a trilogy and it's set in, I think, uh, somewhere in Italy, and that's always nice. And it's about, like, a female friendship that's kind of told like a romance, and it's oh, supposed to be really good. So, I love that. Yeah, so I'll let you know how that is, but that's it for me. I haven't really read any academic things right now. Yeah, I haven't really. And you? I've just been chugging along with Children of the Ghetto. I'm now about halfway through. Ah, cool. Uh, I did officially get confirmation from my supervisor that it's okay for me to do this as my topic. Amazing, though. Yeah. That's big. So I'm, I'm just continuing to read, and I want to have it done before I have a meeting with her next week. So you have like unofficially been accepted. Your thesis has been accepted. Yeah. Cool. I still need to do the official proposal process for the exam office. Right. But, like, as far as the people who are actually involved in the reading of it are concerned. That's great. That's great. Thank cool. you. Cool, cool, cool. How, how far did you say you're in? Uh, about halfway okay. into Children of the Ghetto. Okay. Um, and it's divided into two books. I'm almost done the first book. Okay, cool. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I'm finding it delightful. He keeps just, like, stopping to tell jokes. Love like, it. the plot, love like, it. grinds to a halt, and the characters sit there and, like, tell jokes for two pages. Yeah, I love it when, when authors inter- just inject, like, just some, yeah. I know. He's like, God, I have all these good jokes. Let's just throw them into Children of the Ghetto. Yes. <laughs> cool. What, what, do you have the hard copy of the book? I do. I have it right here. Would you like me to read a joke from it? Yeah, read me a joke from it. Okay, okay, let me oh, see. It's, it's large. It's, this edition is ridiculous. Yeah, what? <laughs> You can't see it, dear listener, but it's it's bigger than my laptop. Yeah, it's A4 size in like six point font. This is like a script. It's like a film script. I know. This is a. I think this is like an automatically printed Amazon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have, I have, I have one of those books actually. Which I can't complain about because it was like three euros. So, So. you know, um, it's it's the price you have to pay. The three euros, you know. Yeah. You gotta invest in your future. I'm, yes. I mean, the other option would have been for me to read this, um, like, on a computer screen. And I'm frankly spending an oh. awful lot of time reading on computer screens. Yeah, it reminds me of, like, 
I don't think hard copy books will ever like they, they, I feel like there was a time where people were questioning like if ebooks would take over real books. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like definitely PDFs of articles have overtaken printed oh, articles. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But um, just like reading books, it's like um, they. I think there was a time where people were wondering if like movie theaters would stop being relevant, but no, like. There's those forms. It's kind of cool to see these like traditional forms. Yeah, analog photography. Yeah, yeah. These things have merit in themselves. Exactly. There will always be people who want some element of the the older experience because there was a reason the older experience was the yeah. Some vinyl records. Anyway. Exactly. Okay. A man had a peacock presented to him, and as this is such a rare diet, he went to the rabbi to ask if it was kosher. The rabbi said no and confiscated the peacock. Later on, the man heard that the rabbi had given a banquet at which his peacock was the crowning dish. He went to the rabbi and reproached him. I may eat it, said the rabbi, because my father considers it permitted, and we may always go by what some eminent son of the law decides. But you unfortunately came to me for an opinion, and the permissibility of peacock is a point on which I've always disagreed with my father. (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, I'll end this with another joke that my friend told me. I used to work for the startup, and the startup was sexist. I, I don't. I'm here. I'll say it here first. It was not the first time I've said that. <laughs> um, but I remember we had these like stupid weekly meetings where they would like phone us in to like the headquarters. It was in Canada, actually. God, those Canadians. <laughs> Canadians. Um, and then one time they were talking about like I don't know if you knew about this, but it was a pretty big in the news uh, a couple of years ago. Like a guy who worked at Google, like wrote this manifesto, you know, which is <laughs> yes. just always a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> uh, people who write manifestos. Come out with manifestos, like if ever there's a red flag. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, have you written a manifesto? You need to be asked that on a first date. I have. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> The red flags are up. Yes, yeah. <laughs> um, but the this guy at Google wrote, like, this manifesto about how women, like, uh, published this thing of, like, women, um, like, just aren't meant for business, being in, involved in business because, you know, our woman brains and, like, and, and of course, of course, he is essentializes using because business has been around since... <laughs> What even is, you know, there's so many epistemic flaws to this whole thing, but he, um, that was his whole point, basically, was that women were not uh, evolutionarily adapted for business. Right. <laughs> Whereas <laughs> men are. Yeah. <laughs> business has existed since the dawn of time. <laughs> um, and, um, yeah, so then this fucking guy, sorry, you can bleep me out there. Um, <laughs> He, this guy that, like, worked, he, who was in a position of authority, some sort of, like, manager, interjected, being like, well, no one's come out to dispute this study that he's referencing. And I was telling one of my friends this, and she's like, that's not how science works. You don't publish something, and if no one disputes it, then it's just true. Like, if, I, if that's how science works, there's a lot of things I need to be publishing right now. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, that's a mood, like... I'll just throw this out there, and as long as no one refutes it directly, then it's just true. I just published it, and it's real now. I mean, that is basically my <laughs> style with this whole Victorian porn thing. Yeah, you can't, you can't tell me. No one's come out and told me it's not true. Right. So, 
So I guess, uh, yes, it, Victorian porn, women and their eligibility to be involved in business. Those are related. Yeah. <laughs> the Chattanooga... <laughs> the Chattanooga vibrant. Can we, we... Sometimes podcasts have, like, um, commercial breaks. I wish that we had made an ad for the Chattanooga vibrant. Oh, my God. We can still do that. We yeah. have time. Chattanooga vibrator. <laughs> Have you ever wanted both an anal probe and a... <laughs> and a live wire attached to your light bulb? <laughs> motor. <laughs> oh, yes, doctor. I love the purr of that motor. Boom! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are we on a boat? <laughs> Do you, you feel better now, honey? Is your hysteria gone? <laughs> you cannot take this vibrator on a boat because sure it can. needs electricity and <laughs> it will sink it. Ever mix a live wire with water? <laughs> You should <laughs> The Chattanooga vibrator. <laughs> Call today. Get a second one free. <laughs> Buy two Chattanooga vibrators. Get one free. <laughs> oh boy, one for every room of the house. One for every orifice. Yeah. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Chattanooga is not liable for misuse of the Chattanooga vibrator. This podcast was brought to you by the Chattanooga Vibrator. (laughs) We should start doing that in all our episodes. Yes! I I think if we start saying this episode brought to you by, then eventually one of them will be like, oh, I guess we did sponsor it. They wouldn't have said it if it wasn't true. true. Our next episode is definitely going to be brought to you by the BBG. Yeah, yeah, yeah has to be yeah because yeah like who, there's probably such a big chain of command like they just like file it away yeah yeah perfect perfect and on that note our dear listener you're 2,567 seconds in to this podcast I don't think those are seconds those are longer than seconds oh really I always thought those were seconds but you're right you're totally right one Mississippi Two Mississippi, three Mississippi. <laughs> you have to keep this in. But judging by the the timestamp on your laptop itself, we've been at this for well over two hours. No, because we started at nine, right? Didn't we? Uh, I think eight thirty nine. Okay. Was, but like an hour and a half. We have been at this for well over an hour yeah, and a half. So we're gonna go. <laughs> Pray for me in the editing. Yeah, honestly, and getting it right up too. Okay, great. Um. Cheers. Okay, Cheers. This podcast was brought to you by the Chattanooga Vibrator.